Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week, I have one of the world's leading experts in baby sign language. He's the grandfather of baby sign language back in the 1990s, where he wrote two highly acclaimed books, Toddler Talk in 94 and Sign With Your Baby in 99. These two books explore the miracle of how young babies can communicate with their parents using signing, sometimes before the age of six months. He's worked with more than 5,000 babies and their families through community hospital and national education programs. And I'm really pleased and privileged to have him on the podcast with me today as I use baby sign language with my son and saw the wonders of your child communicating with you before they could speak. It's amazing and it's somewhat shocking when they start to sign back to you and communicate that they want more food or they want milk or whatever. So, hey, welcome, Dr. Joseph Garcia. Welcome today and thank you for joining us. Can't wait to delve into this. Well, it's an honor to be on that side of the earth. It's boiling hot here. It's oh, it's so hot and humid. It's untrue. I'm seeing his sweltering at the moment. But no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, and it's nighttime for you, so I don't know. Is it cold there where you are? Well, we live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm exactly 15, I guess you're kilometers, so let's say we're about uh, about 18 or so kilometers south of Canada and about 12 kilometers in from the ocean. So right in the tip corner of the United States oh in the gosh. state of Washington, right in the Pacific Northwest with Sasquatch wow. and all the, or you call them Bigfoot or whatever. Bab. Yeah, that way. Yeah, uh, we call it, well, I call it Bigfoot. Bigfoot We're in Bigfoot land. Oh, that's awesome. Fantastic. 40 degrees right now in the winter. But, but how, how many degrees? 45th um, Fahrenheit, which should be... Um, oh, so I'm from a thing like right centigrade. Yeah, it's up in the mountain. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, up in the mountain, it's it's about uh, zero or so. Uh, be, it says centigrade because it's snowing up there. I, I, I'm going to go skiing in the morning. Yeah. So, that was what I was going to say. Good skiing weather. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be going in the morning. We're supposed to get a dump of snow tonight. We have more snow at our little mountain, Mount Baker here, than any other ski resort in the whole country. So uh, it, we, we, and it's not so much how much we have, it's how it comes. It comes like a foot here, a foot there, a foot here, a foot there. So we get fresh powder days again and again and oh, again. It's great. Nice. It's like endless waves if you're a surfer. I haven't skied for seven years because I've had a child, so that's been a bit hard to get up on the slopes. But um, but yeah, no, it's, oh, sounds idyllic, sounds idyllic. So we are here to talk about baby sign language, which I used on my son and my brother um, used on both of his sons, and it is just fantastic. It's just mind-blowing how these little people who can't talk to you um, sign to you that they want more blueberries or they want, you know, milk or anything, you know, it's 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 mind-blowing how they go, no, I just want more, mum. I want that. Oh, I'm dirty or I need a bath or whatever. So how did you, how did you get to the point? How did you do, how did you get to the point of baby sign language? Because you are 
grandfather, the godfather of baby sign language. Well, you know, it. I, I can tell you in about two minutes the, uh, the, the quick story of what happened. Um, I was in the military getting ready to go overseas, and I was on my last weekend leave, and I ran into a group of deaf people who were on their having their reunion and they took me into their little group and we had pizza together and I've been a magician for 50 years just as a ho hobby I work with kids a lot so I do a lot of magic tricks and stuff so we had a good weekend I we had pizza and I did magic tricks and everything was fine I was frustrated I couldn't sign very well I tried to you know finger spell words and things but uh, it, I told them that if I survived the military one day I would learn so sign so I did survive the military I went and uh, started associating with some friends of mine in Reno, Nevada, with the signing chimpanzees, in fact, and, yeah. so, and I kind of submerged myself within their community, put earplugs in actually, and learned to sign along with my deaf friends, and eventually became a sign language interpreter. But one thing I noticed when I was hanging with my deaf friends was that their little uh, infants were having complete conversations more than a year, year and a half before hearing children were articulating the very global languages. And I thought, well, why don't we do that? And it's simple. It's because hearing people see sign language as a symbol of a disability rather than one of an ability. So um, I was in graduate school at the time. And we had to pick a topic to uh, do a study on. And I thought, uh, and I was working as a special assistant to the University of the, uh, the University president at the time. And he just said, Joseph, it's a doggone homework assignment. Just pick something you know the answer to already. Do a study, turn in your paper, get your grade, and get out of school, right? I said, okay. So I was running my dog sled team up in Alaska at the time. And my dad said, never trust an idea you get from sitting down. You know, get up and get, get some work, get, get sweating, and get your blood. That's fair enough. And get those ideas. So I was out running my dog team. And uh, I thought, hey, I know, I'll just prove to the hearing world that babies can sign before they can talk. He, 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 you know, like uh, sort of just wow. tell them the obvious that I already knew because of this cross-cultural um, exchange that I did between the deaf community and the hearing community, but they weren't aware of. You know, they say the, the best trick a magician can do is to know something's going to happen before anybody else and predict it, right? So I just uh, knew something that they didn't know and just proved it in a clinical study with 17 families just to, you know, I, I had to go through the rigors of scientific, you know, uh, process. Anyway, I showed, published my study and didn't think much of it because I had do, been signing with my little ones and they were not only telling you, the best one is hurt, the hurt sign to show where you have an earache, sore throat, stomach ache. Uh, I, I have a great oh. story about that when, when we're done with this. Anyway. Um, yeah, okay. So, uh, anyway, I just decided to uh, do a study and I did. Didn't really, I published it in my class, you know, to get my three credit grade. But then the president said, Joseph, you have no idea what you have here. You should go ahead and put a, a book together and get it out there and help other parents learn to do the same thing. I said, yeah, okay, sure. So I, as, as a fluke, as a sideline, I put out a book and next thing I know, boom, the rest is history. You know, it just went all over the world and uh, uh, a three credit class turned into a whole new revolution of parents learning how to communicate. And more importantly, 
empowering their children during what I found out over the years of more research in early childhood de development is that there's a really important thing called the cultural imprint in the first three years of life that a child goes through it. They learn who to trust and, and how to maneuver in those first three years, uh, um, how just how to survive in a way. And so uh, it also establishes their attitudes about things. And when you have a child who's empowered with language, when they can affect their environment through their own internal resources, you give them an empowerment that sets in place that they're going to be aggressive about going after things rather than waiting for things to happen to them. And that's the difference between navigating through life and letting life happen to you. And I think I've heard so many parents tell me they signed with one child and not the other because they didn't know about the sign oh. for the first child, but they did the second. They says, yeah, my, my child didn't sign. They're just not as aggressive about wanting to learn stuff or do things. They're waiting for stuff to happen, whereas the other signing child just going after stuff all the time. They're really kind of motivated to, to, to make things happen. And I says, well, there hasn't been a long-term longitudinal study to show the difference between signing and non-signing children about how they approach life and how they go after a life based on their communication, based on children who just kind of wait for speech to develop. And I'm not saying it's the, you know, it's going to make, give you an Einstein baby or any of those kind of things. In fact, quite the contrary, never force signs on your children. In fact, I don't even advocate teaching signs to babies. I advocate parents modeling signs and let your babies discover them on their own resources and use those signs then to, you know, as, as their own um, creations, as their, as their own developments that they learn about, about from watching and associating you doing the sign with the object or the, or the action, they eventually do that and boom, they get results. Boy, is that empowering for a, ch a child. It sets in motion everything else that comes from that point on. So that's my little story of where my sign language stuff came from. When I saw that, the empowerment it gave my child, the feeling it gave me to be able to respond to my child, have an immediate feedback mechanism with which to understand how of a parent I am, how I'm parenting, if I'm being responsive, I can show my, my child, give him options, give him signs for those options and over a period of time. He'll tell me what he or she wants back again. Oh, that's just remarkable parenting. Yeah. Yeah. And look, um, I actually, my, the, my, and, and your story is interesting to me because I didn't realize that was how you all started. I didn't actually, I thought, oh, you were, you know, you'd been learning to sign at like college or whatever I didn't realize that that was what you'd done which is great and like my theory and all of it if I was to look at it when I was doing it with my son I sort of thought well when I'm learning languages so I can't speak very well but I did learn French German and I'm Chinese and I'm now learning Japanese to try and keep the old brain going but when I learn those languages I actually understand more I can't converse um, because I, my brain is trying to think of, oh, how do I say, how do I say? But I can understand what somebody's saying to me. So my brain was sitting there going, well, if, I can, if I'm doing that as an adult um, and somebody's talking to me in a totally different language and I can't understand, you know, I can understand what they're sort of saying as such, then I thought, well, then babies are such sponges and absorb this information like around them so much that maybe they can't tell me what they're wanting but they actually know 
what they want and can try and communicate in a different way was where my thing and, and that's a really confusing way of putting it but that was my thinking of it anyway so I wanted to go back because when we were talking about how you were dealing with the sign language and everything you said it, it was about the uh, there's a not um it was about the way you taught it so you're teaching the sign language to babies as such it's not about teaching it to them it's about modeling it was that the right word exactly yeah in fact, you should... what do you mean by that well um the whole idea of for example let's just take an example of let's say a mother is nursing their baby and every time she nurses the baby she gives the milk she makes the milk sign and you'll find out if you do that at about starting at about four months or so uh, after a while your child is going to start almost unconsciously making their hand in that same motion while they nurse just because they've seen it done so much uh, not even knowing that they're doing it until one day they reach up when they're hungry and they give that that milk that that uh, squeezing of, of the hand sign and they get nursed all of a sudden when that happens again that's that first first um, experience of them learning to associate what they've seen what they can do you know matching up their capabilities and their understanding with the concept of communication that in a, a effect e e that eventually affects their environment that gives them what they want and of course they're completely self-centered on just their own personal needs they don't know anything oh, gotcha. else, you know so that's why right, that's right. The, the changing of the diaper the the eating um well actually the more you once you teach a baby more you give them a hug or you, or you tease them on their kiss them on their tummy or whatever you're going to do they're going to want more of, of that because they like it of course and they're going to use that all the time but the point of all this is that um yes the baby needs to associate and learn on their own level and at their own time frame. You should never force feed signs on a child. You should never try to teach signs. Just include the way my new 14-day program is designed is it takes an event that you do each day and it builds four or five signs around that event. So every time you do that event, you do just those simple four or five signs. And that allows the baby to see and experience those events during the same, like changing the di diaper, how many times do you do that? Like four or five, six times a day. So during those each events, you do those same signs. Not only does the baby see them, but the parent without studying anything learns them. And can you can, you know, and then the next day you do another event like taking a bath. You learn a couple of signs for that. And each day you just add a few more signs to your repertoire. And within 14 days, you've got 80 signs that you're slowly exposing your child to all that vocabulary and there and it's not just vocabulary it's signs given to the child at the express time when they're doing a specific activity exposed to a certain object that they can see or what have you and that gives that association factor play so that they can their mind can put the object or the action to the sign. Eventually, as they slowly develop, some children will just start to sign right away a few things. Some will hold back and all of a sudden explode with a bunch of signs. Some release a little at a time. You know, everybody's a little bit different. But the important thing is they cannot imagine if you only said eat milk and more your entire life. Those are the only things you ever said that oh came God. out of your mouth. Your kid would only know how to say eat milk or more. Well, if you only sign, eat milk or more, 
That's all he can talk about is eat milk or more. And that's the problem we, that I found after years of working with thousands of parents all over the country and the world in some cases, um, that they were happy with a half dozen signs. They thought, oh, that's so cute. But they're leaving their child stranded with nothing to talk about, even though the child understands the world around them, but they don't have the vocabulary or the language. So that's why the 14-day program came about, because now here's a simple way for busy parents to, on their handheld device. They push, they can push the button that says, changing the diapers, and boom, there I come with my, with that show you the four or five signs for that, so you can do that. And pretty soon, boom, they've got the language in the child, the child can express themselves, and like I was telling you before, that pain sign, real quick, quick story. Yeah, no, tell us about the pain sign. Mama comes to the doctor in New York City. Now, this is, this, uh, this, this is documented, okay? Mama goes oh, okay. In, into the doctor with the baby who's uh, eight and a half, nine months old, nine months old baby, okay? And uh, the doctor says, what's wrong with your baby? And she says, I don't know, he's crying. I think I, uh, the baby has an ear infection. And the doctor says, well, how, how do you know he has an ear infection? She says, well, my baby told me. She says, what, what do you mean your baby told you? He's kind of thinking, oh, this mama's a real loon, you know. So, yeah. so he says, well, she, this baby can't she put this pain sign that I showed her. Uh, the pain sign for little kids is you take the two little index fingers and you touch them together. Kind of like the sign for more, only with just one finger touch it together and every time that the baby had had bumped itself or hurt itself or touched anything that was unpleasant whatever the mama would sign ouch pain put the pain sign at the location of wherever it would hurt and pretty soon the baby learned that pain and whenever the mom bumped herself she would put the pain sign on her knee to show the baby that oh that hurt me too you know or the dog or anything that would show pain or bumping she would put the pain sign so the baby of course learned to associate that sign with pain so one day the baby comes and puts the pain sign up by her ear. So she tells the doctor, well, my baby t told me. So the doctor thinks the woman's crazy. Puts the scope in the ear, sure enough, there's an infection. And the, okay, tell me this again. How does ba baby tell you about this ear infection? So she told him the story of the pain sign. And now the doctor writes to me and asks for a dozen of my books to put in his waiting room to give every new mom. <laughs> so... Uh. He gave one. And I, and I, yeah. You got to do this with your baby. That's the best diagnostic. I mean, can you imagine a stomach ache or any kind of a thing that's a sore throat or anything, especially things you can't see? You know, the baby can show you that, hey, I got a pain right here. So there's a, I mean, those are some of the more um, obvious things the pain, the help sign, the sign where, where they sign help or, or help, depending on which sign you use, there's a, a, a elementary sign for help and a more advanced one. But uh, either either point, the baby can is empowered to reach out for help versus being stranded and unable to communicate that need to the caregiver or parent. And I think that's the difference between a child feeling comfortable, safe, and, and able to affect their environment through their own internal resources and being more passive, waiting for life to happen and worried about things around them. And, and that, that whole mystique about life, even though mystique is still there, it's a curiosity of mystique rather than a fear mystique. And I think sign language plays a part. It's not complete, but it plays a part in that process of helping a child to embolden themselves, go out there and and experiment with the world, use their communication to affect their environment and make a difference, you know, in, in their own, in their own engagement. Yeah.
Yeah, no, exactly. And I'm one of the, we've previously spoken about this and I put my hand up and said, I'm one of those parents who went, right, I just want my baby to tell me like, do they want more food? Do they want milk? Do they want, you know, so he only learned like a handful, maybe eight, 10 signs, which he still can, can sort of remember. He probably can only remember about five of them. But the shot, it's really quite funny because you do do a double take when they first start using, like, his first one was more. Yeah, you do do a double take and go, did he sign then? You know, like, you've been doing it for, you know, a few weeks, a month or whatever. And then suddenly they start signing. I want more food, mum, or I want milk or whatever. And it's just, it's amazing. And you just, but it's a shock as well because you go, wow, okay, you're talking to me. And it's just, yeah, I don't know why, but there we go. But so, but I'm curious, okay, because, and it might be one of the reasons he, I didn't, and I'm, here we go, I'm excusing myself now. Like my son, it's quite funny, my son could probably talk before he could walk, right? Because like communication wise, I mean, I always spoke to him. We always, I would talk to him as I was walking around the supermarket you can tell I'm doing a podcast, so I can't shut up, right? So at the end of the day, um, I spoke to him a lot, but he never sh- he never shuts up, right? God love him. And his communication, like people are amazed at how well he can talk and put sentences together and communicate. And I don't know, have you, has there been any research or anything on whether signings actually helped babies, children to actually develop communication skills uh, maybe better than babies that didn't sign. I don't know if there, there's been any research on any of that. Well, I haven't seen any comparative st- studies that have been pub- we should start published some. yet, except for there's anecdotal information that, oh. and that this has been said that because the babies who sign already have communication sometimes as much as a year before the babies who articulate the same words – they're in their minds putting language in order. They're they're making mm. sense of things in, in their head, organizing things better. So when they do start to actually, you know, when they start to talk, talking is the toy that they start to play with once they're done with the toy of signing that they picked up first. And they're going to drop this to- the signing toy and go to the next toy, which is speaking. And But the point is, because they've been playing with that language toy already, when they start to speaking with the verbal toy, there's just so much higher development of play that they're doing with it simply because they've already had language. Now it's just a matter of which modality the language is being expressed through, whether it's being done through signs, through their uh, voice. But the important thing in their head, they've been processing language, seeing how language plays in the communication process. So it's not so much how many words they know or all this kind of things, but it's how they use language once they start to talk. That's really we see a difference in signers versus non-signers. But no one's really sort of put a a measurement on it because, you know, this is the thing, and I really want to stress this. We're not trying to make Einstein babies out of this signing. The idea is to just be a more responsive parent, give your child the ability to communicate and engage the world and empower themselves with communication, boost their self-esteem. If you have six little kids lined up in a row, let's say, because this has really happened before in a preschool, and they can't talk, and none, none, none of them can talk. They can 
just barely walk. They're all about, you know, 14, 15 months old. And there's a bag of crackers up on the shelf out of reach of everybody. Now, one of the kids can sign cracker or uh, cookie or biscuit, I guess you call it over there. They can sign biscuit. You know, they, they do this little biscuit sign. So all the kids are looking. They all want that biscuit. But the guy on the end, he raises his hands up, signs biscuit. And the teacher reaches up, grabs a biscuit and gives it to him. The rest of the kids look at him and say, hey, this kid's got some skills, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, can you imagine how proud that little child is? Knows that, and uh, would you like one too? And they're all going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of them yeah. could ask for that biscuit, but the guy with the communication skills. Yeah. That's just an, an example of what of how empowering communication can be and what that does for somebody and how it makes them feel among their peers when they have a skill that advances the whole group together as result as opposed to just themselves. So again, these are just little tiny examples or a, a baby in, in a car who signs B and the mom stops the car, rolls down the window and the B goes away, takes off again. The baby keeps signing B and the mom says, yeah, there was a B, yeah, there was a B. But the baby keeps signing B, they look up, there's a second B and and they you know and they stop the car and get rid of that B. It's just the the baby's telling the mom stuff she didn't know. I mean that's just so empowering for a child to do that kind of a thing. So when you ask me, you know, is there a difference uh, between babies who sign and those who don't sign in language capacity, it's not so much what they say or how much they say, it's the fact they have language and we build like building blocks. We build on the foundation to build higher. We build our vocabulary. We build all of our thought processes and how we put string language together to to, to express our thoughts. All that is, is a developmental process that builds on, on the thing before it. So when you have language and the structure of language in the mind being built a year before you can articulate, that's an impressive amount of time to give to a child. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Does it? No, it hasn't stopped my son, but I'm wondering, does actually learning sign language stop children from talking? I suppose yeah. only if they're lazy. You can't shut them up, like you said. <laughs> like, yeah, like exactly. It's not. See, that's the idea that we see signing as a disability rather than one of an ability. Uh, because yeah, because the not. deaf community don't talk, we think there's something connected. The sign bone's connected to the talk bone. And that's that's not that's that's about as absurd as. Yeah. No. In fact, like I said, you're giving him language earlier. The signing is just. A, a way to express language. And when they, again, once they start to talk, you won't be able to shut them up. In fact, it's not so much what they say, but what they're going to say and the content of what they're going to say that's going to blow you away. Oh, and, and definitely. I mean, you know, I thought I just, I didn't know if anyone listening to this might be thinking, well, surely some of them would like, maybe kids wouldn't talk. But like, oh. and I have to agree with you. I'm one of those people who go, no, it actually has meant that he talked before a lot of the kids that he was in daycare with. And he forms sentences and has context of those sentences and what he's saying like a little he's like a little old man because he sort of forms these sentences that blow your mind and you go well where did that come from because he's whether he's heard it from me or what I don't know but he just understands language and maybe a little bit better I don't know and I'm not blowing his trumpet that's exactly what we're finding out now is that the fact that they are developing the language structure in their mind there's these things called synapse in the brain there's 50 
trillion mm. when you're born, and it goes up to you know five thousand trillion by the time you're three years old. So it's there's an enormous amount of growth in that first three to five years of of, of brain development, and when you are actually connecting language concepts in a baby that early, whether it be through signing or because they're they're already learning the rhythm of language when they're in the womb as the mother speaks. And um, there's all kinds of things going on in the developmental process of how the rhythm of language, the tonation. In fact, they've done tests of people in different parts of Vietnam, for example, in the far north of Vietnam and the far south of Vietnam with, with a thousand kilometers between them. And they recorded both of them. And when they put it in into a tone and, and analyzer with the same sentence, they found they were hitting the same pitch tones, even though they were raised a thousand kilometers apart in their wow. language. So, um, and it's because there's a, a child really absorbs an enormous amount of the culture and the way people interact with each other through language, the rhythm, the sounds, all that, and through the visualization of language in this case. We've just been confining or condemning our children to just confining them to these two dimensions of, of, of language rather than adding the third dimension of visualization so they can see language as well as hear it and speak it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm just thinking because nowadays there are a lot of children who um, have a learning disability or disability is not the word I want to use there but they have they they have um they're not they don't learn the same way as other children that's all I'm going to put it I don't want to say it's a disability because that's really negative negativizing if that's a word you know the fact that they learn differently so can sign language be taught to autistic children um children that uh you know have slight you know different ways of learning maybe yeah there's my childhood there there's been um in fact in many cases it's the only way that you can communicate with autistic children and other special needs children who have learning challenges and um there's in fact even deaf deaf blind children are using sign too but um again it's one of those things that every child is different every child responds to different stimuli and you really need to be able to have that in your toolbox a variety of ways to communicate with and help a child express themselves and sign language is a very effective one for a lot of different children who may be challenged with other learning issues so uh i've heard i've well my degree is in special education before I went on to child to study early childhood development and how children learn to spell. And in fact, if you ever go, go to my website, you'll see a lot of that information in the uh, drjosephgarcia.com. It'll, it'll show that type of, if you want more information about that, you can do it. Oh, and there's, there's videos. And I mean, you basically back, well, back in the nineties, you were on, TV on various different um, TV stations, talking about um, baby sign language and the benefits of it. Yeah, I was, I, the BBC put me on, and all over the, the U.S. and uh, I was on Hawaii. I never made it to Australia, though. Uh, even though we did put a book out in Australia on uh, Aust with Australian sign language, but you know what? I'll tell tell you what. Um, we were just trying to to be respectful of the deaf community and use their signs, of course. But to be honest with you, a baby doesn't care what the gestures are as long as they can use them to communicate and 
they're consistent with what's being done by the caregiver. So uh, milk is milk, no matter how you do it. Please help or help me, or uh, you know those basic uh, the pain sign. Whether you do it with your flat fingers, your flat hand, as long as you keep a consistent system of signing with your child, it doesn't matter which you are. But we put put out one in a, a British sign language one, an Australian sign language one, an American sign language one. Um, but now our, our new program for the 14-day program is uh, it doesn't matter. We have a consistent set of gestures. Once the caregiver learns those and use those, that'll be good until the baby starts to talk. After that, they're going to use the, the native tongue of the parent anyway, and they're going to drop their signs and go about their life. You know, So it's only this is meant as a perfect um, window into the child of the mind and an empowerment tool for the child between about four months when you begin to model the signs and to, until about anywhere between six and eight months when they produce signs. Because remember, you don't have a baby and say the first word and they turn around and say it right back to you. You talk to a child for two years before they finally start articulating back, before their, their vocal mechanism matures to the point where they can make the various global language sounds, but the same with signs. They have to see the signs used in context again and again and again and again so they can associate that sign with the action or the object or the thing, and then eventually they will produce it. But when they do, if the caregiver is consistent and gives them a wide you know, platform or a wide variety of vocabulary to use, boy, they're going to have all those resources at their fingertips when they do start to communicate. And when they do, as you know, as a mom, there's nothing better than to have your child be able to tell you what they want, what they need, when they hurt, uh, what what interests them, what they fear, what they enjoy, you know, all that is just priceless. And, and it's amazing to other people as well, because other people, you go, oh, oh, he wants some more of whatever and they go how did you know that because because you've got like i don't know an eight month old baby there and i go oh he just wants more then i just give him more or oh he wants milk and it amazes other people that you can actually know what he's but um, he's telling me what he wants so it's just like it's just it's a no-brainer yeah. so uh, you did you mentioned 80 like up to 80 signs is that like the maximum number of um, signs? Because I was going to say, I don't think there's 80. I've seen them on TV doing the signs and stuff. And it's a lot more signing than 80 because that's not. Of oh, yeah. As many as you want to get, you know, uh, like you, how many words do you use in a child? Oh. You know, you use hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, so I'm thousands. just saying in, in this 14 day program, when I've seen. I would say of the thousands of families I've seen using this, the majority of them have a dozen, maybe two dozen signs they use. And that's about it. They want more, but they don't know how to go about getting more. So mm -hmm. I put together the 14-day to baby sign language program so that they can, it's, it's delivered one day at a time. You can skip a day if you want. You have to do it every single day. But each day, it takes a different event you're going to do with your child and gives you a, a a small handful of signs to learn around those those that activity. And when you do that activity more than two or three times, you're going to learn those signs. You don't have to study them. You just do them during that activity and boom, they're there because they're pretty iconic. They kind of show what you're doing and, and what's happening. So yeah. as a result, the parents learn the 80 signs. Rather, and then, of course, the babies are going to absorb those. And of course, you know, sign language is out there on the internet. Now, once you get in the habit of having communication with your child, you're going to probably tend to want to find specific signs 
for specific things that you want to talk about with your child and learn those and use them. You can always add more. I'm just saying, rather than having five signs in your life, here's a program called 14 Day you know, to Babies Sign Language that'll give you at least 80 that are useful everyday signs that you can do. And that's a lot of communication between versus none at all between you and your baby to talk about 80 things 80 signs is amazing yeah exactly uh, and it, you're you are right like it is about like i mean not every day may you see like a bee and stuff so um but there may be stuff that you see with your child every day that you want to sign with them that you know hasn't been included or you know whatever so i yeah. try to be pretty inclusive the stuff that i've been there it's it's, it's <laughs> 30 yeah. years of working with parents and babies exactly and yeah so, I'll tell you what, you know, it's funny. When I was the only book in the world on this topic, things were, were pretty ex exciting. What happened was that a lot of, of parents who did this were so amazed by it, and they had a little mm. bit of m money. They went ahead and put out their own materials, too. But they didn't have the research. They didn't have the understanding of the process of of, of the of the mental development a child goes through. And, and uh, as a result, they're, they're, they're just throwing signs out there, but it's not, it's the way that you do it is as important as the communication itself. That's why, again, the program that I put together offers a very sensitive and gentle way to feed vocabulary to yourself and your child in a responsive way that's going to give your child enough breathing room and understanding room to associate those signs with stuff. As a result, they're going to have good, clear vocabulary without stress, without anticipation, without any, any kind of a... Of, of, of a parent sort of a you know i would never ever you're not getting the milk until you sign milk you know don't ever withhold caregiving based on signing but we have people doing signing as a punishment sometime and i mean oh, people really? take anything and abuse it it's unfortunate but that's the reality oh, wow. of the world and so i'm really careful about trying to ex express to people that um you know, signing is a wonderful benefit. It, anything can be abused, but don't abuse this. This is a child that's just so sensitive and delicate. We need to nurture and help them grow and develop in every way we can. Oh, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Have you found that you know, my son was the only child who um, was in like a parent group, in a mother's group, basically. I was in a mother's group. And he was the only child that knew sign language. Um, but if you find that if you get a group of babies together and they um, like no sign language, do they sign together? Do they communicate together, or is it more like just hitting and punching? No, each other and, and until each other a, a child is not very social with other children until maybe even three or or, or beyond even. Uh, you, we have some stories of some twins who are who sign little things to each other. We've also had some very older children signing to their dolls as if they were a parent to them kind of a thing. There's an occasional, uh, I, I get, you know, being at the center of this for the, so many years, I get so many emails and letters and, 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 and things from my mothers and dads telling me about the amazing things. Uh, we, we have some of those, in fact, on, on our website, you'll see on those television programs, uh, videos of some of the things that um, the babies have, have said, you know, be careful, the knife is sharp, and, and you know, those just cr things that you say, oh my gosh, that baby's aware of of these kind of things, or, or teasing parents, you know, babies have the capacity to understand the world enough to 
tease and joke parents about things. That's just a remarkable thing. But yeah. I, I've heard all kinds yeah. of stories. But no, babies usually don't sign to each other. And there's a lot of signs you will do that are caregiver signs and not the baby won't sign them. But like, for example, don't touch. We teach don't touch real early so that there's certain things that like we put a piece of sandpaper out there and we say, don't touch. Of course, the baby's going to reach out and touch it right away. And they say, oh, that doesn't feel good. So they and there are some warm mashed potatoes or something. Oh, don't touch. They're too hot yet. And the baby inadvertently stick their hands in there to see, oh, it's too warm. OK, but you do something on such uh, you you practice on gentle things like that so the baby learns don't touch means don't get near that thing so when it comes to something that's really important like a cactus plant or a radiator or something you know, don't touch that you know and they know to stay away um so but there's but no they babies don't usually sign to each other they will mostly just watch for the parent signs or even reach their hands up occasionally to have their, their their parents form their hand shapes or make the sign for them but they're really excited about making a sign for something we see that happen but i've rarely seen babies sign to each other yeah Oh, okay. Well, I have an interesting story for you now because last year I interviewed a lady in Florida who um, has – she's brought out a book that's uh, – and I use it a lot with my son. Uh, I'm the boss of me. So it's, it's basically a book about kids being the boss of their bodies. But – the interesting thing that I wanted to say to you was she was we were talking about her son because the book came about because of her son, who is now a huge strapping six foot three guy, you know, etc. And she taught him sign language as a child, as a baby, exactly the same as I did with Oscar. But they signed to each other when he used to be out she used to take him to football matches, soccer matches or whatever, whatever he was playing because it's America. So I don't really know. She, he would be on the pitch, she would be off the pitch, and they could sign to each other just different things. I don't know what they signed to each other, but she said because she taught him sign language as a baby and he still remembered it, she could sign to him different things that nobody else really knew about. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it still carries on. Well, my son's still, my son's, they, they didn't sign much after we became, uh, after they yeah, learned no, to mine talk, doesn't. But then later on in life, I showed them a few. I used a few signs, like, like for example, I'll meet you. Like, I'll meet you at four. You know, time four uh, when, when they're driving away or something, or you know, we, sensible stuff like that. But then they both took sign language in school, so um, which made them learn sign all over again. Because I would, I was, again, I don't force my kids to do stuff that I do. I just let them find their own path, of course. But but they did have an interest, so they took it. And now my daughter's taking it oh, too wow. in college, and because uh, she wants to be a teacher. So anyway, but the point is that they both signed it, and we can sign little things to each other from time to time at a distance, which is great. I mean, it's really a useful little tool, uh, and it's not so much for a secret language; it's just it's convenient and it's useful. And especially if you're at a distance, you can't see or hear anybody. You can just sign something, and and if you're a scuba diver, it's great oh, underwater. Exactly. Well. There's all kind of reasons why it works great. You know, it's neat. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And I, I was a scuba diver for 20 odd years until I had my son. Hey, everything stops with kids. But no, that's no. <laughs> hey, Same with me. Yep, same exactly. here. Exactly. Yep. Don't go there. Um, breaks my heart a little bit. But hey, love my scuba diving. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's quite funny because Oscar's friends now think it's hilarious that I can talk, you know, me and him, we do signs and they go, what's that the sign for? And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, so look, um, I know we've been talking about this and you do like, you have got a 14 day course. There are books out there. Um, you have written books regarding sign language as well. I mean, I learned from a book, but this 14 day course that you were talking about, is that just like videos is an app on a phone what how, how does that all work well we've got all different versions we you you you, you can have a it delivered on on your you know phone or your pad or your computer or you can we have a complete guide to baby sign language it has i think about 160 signs in that one um and it but it's a book and explains everything about it we have a video version of that as well as a uh, audio version of it too so we're we're trying to stay a, ahead of the curve in technology to make sure everything's available because sign language is a movement thing it's a three-dimensional thing it's really kind of difficult to see it on a printed page or know exactly how to move or what yeah. to do. that's why we put together the 14-day program plus again i'm responding to the fact that within the first couple of days you're going to learn more signs than most pe people use in their entire experience and it's going to be right there at your fingertips, so it works out pretty well. But all of it can be at at, at my. Uh, I think it's a dr for Doctor Joseph Garcia. drjosephgarcia.com. Or if you type in fourteen days to baby sign language, you'll come up to my site, and you'll be able to see lots of baby signing and and all the different kind of products, as well as the finger spelling thing and the medical sign language stuff too. Which again wouldn't affect Australia because it's mostly American sign language for the healthcare industry here. Because I've got a oh, okay. background too. So. Well, because that's, because that's the other thing, isn't it, really? There's not a standard worldwide sign, is there? Because no, there's not. like a British standard American. We've got our own, I think, over here, haven't we, in Australia? Yes, you do. But what you're saying is as long as you're consistent with the child, so you show them the same sign for the same thing as such doesn't matter whether it's australian us or whatever like if you do know sign language um it doesn't matter the baby associates you know milk with you know a sign as such. and many of them are the same there's very little yeah. when you're talking about the rudimentary things that a child you know remember a baby's going to speak in a one-word sentence anyway let's say that you had a bird fly down fly and land right on the front of of, of his high chair and then fly away and you sign the sign for bird well, yeah, the sign for bird means that object. But when the baby signs that sign, he's signing that entire experience that he just experienced or experienced the day before yesterday or last week. He's going to, when he signs a sign bird, he's signing, hey, the other day, a bird landed right in front of me. And then he sat right there. Then he flew away. He was right there. You know, that's what he's signing. So he's signing a one, one word sentence with that one thing. So yeah. you're, you're talking about, again, we see language differently than a young baby sees it because they think pictorially they don't think in language so they're mm. they're not thinking in word structure they're thinking in the pictures of things they see and when they see a gesture and they see that gesture associated i mean what they're hearing is is, is in their ear they're hearing you know that that's what they're hearing they're not hearing language like we're understanding it so um but when they hear the same they just stop and they see you stop, and they hear that same word or or milk, milk, and they see the gesture. It helps them associate the word 
uh, with the sign because they'll understand the sign associated with what they're getting nursed uh, when they get nursed with that sign much earlier than they're going to associate the rhythm of language and which of those sounds that they hear they pick out to mean what they're about to drink. You know, it's, it's a, when I studied how um, babies learn language and how they learn to associate and we were looking at brain waves and and where when, when it fires and and how a child hears and and it's sort of like uh, and I, I I don't mean children are dogs I'm just saying that when a dog hears language and all of a sudden let's say the the, the dog's name is is Fido he hears Fido you know his ears perk up when he hears the word Fido. Yeah, because he, he recognizes, he recognizes that word. Well, the same thing when, when a child, they hear a lot of garbled sounds in a rhythmic way, and they'll pick out certain sounds that are familiar based on experiences, like bird or nurse or milk, you know, those kind of things. And the gesture, we've had a lot of parents who have, like you said, have several Latin languages, moje, comer, essen, you know, all the different uh, words for eat. So you can... Um, uh, use milk, and that becomes the common denominator so the baby can understand if you have mom speaking two languages, dad speaking two other languages, but they're all using the gesture for milk, that baby can associate those words, those four different sounds with that one gesture, and he can tie them all together. Yeah. So we have a lot of huge success anecdotally from families who say they're multilingual, but their child knows and is able to decipher and distinguish between the various language thanks to the gestural communication, the signs they use that allow them to see the similarities among the various sounds that common down to that one gesture. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I know because living in Australia, there are so many different people from different countries, different cultures, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I have noticed, I mean, my son was stuck with English. Unfortunately, I wish I could speak another language fluently enough so he could learn that. But there are other other um, friends of his who live in two, um, you know, their, their parents speak two languages or three languages or whatever. And so therefore um, they can see that the, the child's language development because they don't hear English all the time is a little bit slower than somebody who hears English all the time. But I suppose with that sign language um, can help the child communicate easier because it converges and then they've got, uh, like you explained, and you explained it so more, more, much more eloquently than me. It's a Monday afternoon. I can't like, <laughs> my brain doesn't work on a Monday afternoon. So, they so if anyone wants to learn anything about anything to do with baby sign language, it's all on your website, which is www.drjosephgarcia.com. Uh, do you can the, are the books digital? Are they do yes. they come out as a physical format? Because I know with COVID and all of the postal malarkey, it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, we have both physical versions okay. as well as digital. Fourteen days only digital it downloads on your device whether it's your pad your computer your phone it doesn't ma matter it's right there on your fingertips in fact that's what we found is the most popular way that people like that uh, but some people like to snuggle up with a book too and we do have a book if you want to wait for that and also the book can be downloaded so you don't have to have to wait for the post to come it'll just be downloaded on, on your device. yeah which is awesome read it that way uh, we're about to go on amazon.com but not yet 
we're we've been trying to stay independent from that, but uh, it's a tough one because you know everybody I'm looks for happen. Amazon first before they look anywhere else. So we're about yeah. to surrender, I think, and go that that route also. But um, oh, no. but right now, giving you know, JB some money. If you go to our site, there are all different ways to de deliver the programs to you, both uh, digitally. Uh, uh, verbally, you can listen to them audioly, or there's videos, and there's the, the the actual solid book too. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! Look, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. I definitely want to get you back regarding the finger spelling stuff that we've been talking about as well. So maybe I'll hassle you in a few months' time and get you back regarding that because I'm finding that so fascinating as well. And look, I have one final question for you. Just one final question. If you had a superpower, and it seems as though you've already had that superpower with putting baby sign language out there to the world, but if you had another superpower, what would it be? What would it be? Plant suggestions into people's minds. Oh, my God, really? I think... Oh, you could be so oh, bad with that. Could just, just bring world peace around in no time. Yep. Have everybody excited about doing good for each other and uh, turn the whole place around a little bit. We we need, oh especially here in America, I don't know if you've been watching what's going on here, but I'll uh, tell you what, it's happening everywhere a little bit. You know, we we need to love each other a little bit more. You know, that's all there is to it. Oh, look, I completely agree with that. I mean, uh, us here at the moment, all our concerns are on COVID and um, you know, whether people mandatory jabs and kids get the jabs and all this, I don't know, fake news and all of the confusion that's being generated by such an awesome tool as the Internet. But it's sort of just creating such confusion here and people are very, very confused as to what they what is best thing for them to do regarding the COVID stuff. And that doesn't even scratch on the surface of what's happening in Europe and what's going on there. And I know yeah. talking to family back in the UK and stuff, that's more like their focus at the moment. And obviously the States are all involved with everything as well. So yeah, look, my view is it would be a lot happier and nicer place if we all just accepted everyone as they were sure, and just dealt with our own lives. Let's well, deal with our own lives and what we're fine, doing yeah. with. I really appreciate being on, on your show, and I hope that your listeners will find some some benefit in hearing my story and passing this on to people who are having young children, mm. because I think um, if we all just contribute a little bit to the society, we'll all get along a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's an awesome superpower. Although in my warped and strange brain, I was like, oh, God, we could write a movie about that. That could be like, you know, somebody going around putting suggestions in people's brains. <laughs> yeah. I that think definitely could be a, a movie. A, but a, a Twilight Zone hey, about that. <laughs> you heard it here first, okay? So if somebody out there writes a movie, <laughs> if somebody here writes a movie, we want some of the royalties, okay? Just a few, just a little bit. That would keep us going, but yeah. I, I think Star Wars was that. Remember, Obi-Wan Kenobi could could suggest to one, one of the uh, – uh, guards that we're not the ones you want. And oh, then he said, no, we are the ones we want. They Jedi skills. In the original Star Wars film, I think yeah, that, that happened. Jedi skills. 
crikey, well, I haven't seen that need. for some time. Yeah, well, yeah, no, but I'm thinking, yeah, putting it into nowadays. I mean, I watched Don't Look Up the other day, which was just blew my mind because I was like, wow, you've just hit the nail on the head with social media and how it influences everything. And, you know, it was just, it was very scary. But yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Look, thank you so much again. Um, I feel so privileged to have you on because I've used the tool that you brought into the world which is just brilliant look thank you so much um you will be back hopefully when you've got space in your schedule to talk about the spelling and finger stuff that would be great okay well, thank awesome. you for having me on your show i appreciate it very much it's an honor to be no here. thank you thank you it's it's just been great learning about everything it's been brilliant thank you okay goodbye hey everyone Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.